Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. Hallelujah. We're going to do announcements right now. Everyone look at your neighbor and go, what? Yeah, and Carol's going to start us off this morning. So, Carol. Okay, let's hear it for the women of tomorrow. Woo-hoo! We had our first gathering Friday night, and it was amazing. Um, we were able to minister spirit to spirit just in conversation. Oh, there we are. Look, aren't we cute? Uh, we're sorry. Kathy Williams was there for a, a bit, and we didn't get our group picture before she had to take off and deal with some family things. But um, there we are in uh, my father-in-law's home. Um, I will tell you that the message the Holy Spirit gave me, and you all will love this, it was like less than five minutes. But when God talks, we listen. And basically what he said to the women of tomorrow, and he offers this to the men as well, all is calm. That's the word that the Lord put in my spirit to communicate. All is calm. And so as we continue through the Christmas season, that the women had a great time of fellowship. And this will be, yes, and this will be hopefully the first of many. So anyway, blessings to each of you. And here you go. All right. All right. I'm glad the women had a great experience, okay? Amen. Uh, We love our women, yeah? Hallelujah. Um, Friday, December 23rd, that's next Friday. Everyone say next Friday. The 23rd at 6 p.m. we're going to have a candlelight service. Everyone say candlelight. Okay, we're going to have worship. We're going to have communion. We're going to celebrate Jesus. Okay, we're going to celebrate who? We're not going to celebrate every other entity that is uh, somehow, some way, you know, involved in this season. We're going to celebrate Jesus. He's the whole purpose, whole reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Um, By the way, no service on Christmas Day. Okay, look at your neighbor and say no service on Christmas Day. Okay, doesn't mean we don't celebrate Jesus on that day. Hallelujah. We celebrate every day. Okay, just because we don't have a service doesn't mean that the, suddenly the body of Christ stops functioning. Okay, we are still functioning because this building is not the church. You are the church. Hallelujah. Can we get a clap offering off that one? Yes, you are the church. The church of the living God. January 1st, okay, one week after Christmas. It's another Sunday, okay? Did you know that New Year's Day always comes one week after Christmas? I did not know that for a long time. It just dawned on me, you know, you know how certain things you just, you kind of get, it dawns on you. (laughs) Still same. (laughs) We're going to have service starting at 1 p.m., on the 1st. So on 1-1 of 23, service starts at 1 p.m. Okay? And it'll start off with a chili, a chili dinner. You can have, you know, regular chili that we, that you know about, and then there's going to be a, a, another pot of vegan chili, if in case you want to go that direction. Okay? Personally, I like the meat. Okay? <laughs> so there better be some beef chili for me. <laughs> And then a few days later on January 4th, everyone say Wednesday, the 4th. You do not want to miss. We're going to have a special guest, Joe Schrader, with Faith Arrow Ministries. He and Pastor Dan have known one another for quite a few years. He has a prophetic flow to him. And so we're going to have worship and the word And uh, there's going to be a prophetic leaning into 2023 with him. So uh, we don't want you to miss on what God might want to say personally as well as corporately to the body during this period of time. Amen? Hallelujah. So make a a preparation to come. We want to start off the year right. Hallelujah. Uh, And then we've got Pastor Dan, and he's going to come up and share a few things and then give us the word. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. So are we all functioning okay? 
<laughs> you know, I got to thinking about it. I tell people that Joe and I graduated high school together. Wow. We go back to fifth grade. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We were at different elementary schools, but we both placed in a, in a citywide band. And he is a really good drummer. He really is. So I was a haphazard clarinet player. So uh, if you don't know what that is, you just hear a squeak every now and then. So anyway, praise God. We're going to show you something special this morning. This is uh, one of the ministries that we support monthly. Uh, it's Pastor Blessing Easterdoss. How'd you like to have a name like Blessing? Hey, Blessing, come here, you know. <laughs> praise God. And uh, he and his family, I've known his, him and his family since uh, the early 90s, 91 actually, when I went to India. He was a little, little toot. <laughs> and uh, his brother anointing, who also happens to be in ministry, wasn't even born yet, and he has an older brother, Joshua. But uh, I want to read you an email that he sent me a couple, well, about 10 days ago, I believe. Uh, Dearly beloved Pastor Dan, uncle in Christ. You know, India, everybody's an uncle. That's, that's a cool thing. Greetings from India, and we hope and pray you are doing good as family. We praise God for the child that was born to save the world from sin and slavery. Jesus is the reason for the season. First of all, we would like to thank you for being so generous in sponsoring our children, food, cloths, shelter, education, and the village branch pastor's needs for the year 2022. It truly means a lot to us, and we are really overwhelmed with the love that you have for God and for needy people around the, needy people around the globe. No words can express our gratitude towards your family. You are saints of God. We love you as family, and we are really praying for you and for your family to be blessed and for wonderful year 2023 to with joy, happiness, and good health. Thank you for your support and really thank you for, as a mission from our heart. You've done wonderful, you have a wonderful heart for God and God was faithful in leading us through the difficult times like COVID restrictions, cyclone, flood, and financial needs. We trust God for everything as you do. God is our source and leader. He will lead us according to his will and purpose. Dear family, Please pray for our children in the orphanage. I know when uh, Blessing was here a couple of years ago, they had 61 children in their orphanage. That's what the size of it is. Widows and branch pastors at this very beautiful season of God's grace, Christmas. We're going to have Christmas celebration on 23rd December. They must have heard from God. <laughs> and we like to buy new dresses and cook biryani, biryani, um, as tradition, that's an Indian dish, by the way. We buy dresses for festival and have good food. Please pray for these needs, and he lists the needs. Then he goes, please remember these children, pastors, widows, and poor people at these seasons and make it special to them. As we know that you are very mindful of these children's mission, may God use you mightily for the glory of God, and you have a wonderful and amazing Christmas and New Year celebration. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a blessed, happy New Year 2023. Thanking your, you, yours in Christ, Pastor Blessing Easterdoss. That's what you've done. Okay? That's what your financial contributions, your tithes, your offerings, and we send out of that some of you earmark, especially for missions. And that's very important. That helps it because 100% of that goes right into mission work. So we do five of those at this present time, and that's actually representing, I guess, two of them, uh, his and his brothers, because we, we do both of them. We treat it as two, two missions for financial reasons. So today, when you're making your tithes and offerings, either online or texting, um, or in person right back here, put the little slot, you know, the envelope. Some of you all remember how to do that. Some of you say, what's that? <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's a, an opportunity for you to earmark anything you want to to missions and then, of course, your tithes and offerings. We so appreciate that. You're such a giving body of people, and God does many wonderful things from us, India, Pakistan, and Kenya. And, and you know, that's the heart of God. And it, to, he, he said to all the corners of the earth, right? 
Well, we know that that's a figurative speech, okay? Um, the opportunity that we sow into those ministries, we'll never know the heights, lengths, depths, and breadths of that until we hit heaven. And when we hit glory, it'll all be revealed. And we can celebrate with them. Each one of these people, it's like you just known them forever, you know. And because of that, God knitting our hearts together, many places in the New Testament talks about, you know, giving to other churches, other areas, the poor here and, the, and there. And so this, these seeds go into mighty great ground with their orphanage, uh, with their school. They have a free accredited school for children. That's also an evangelistic tool. It blesses the kids with a proper education and teaches them about Jesus. But also they reach a lot of their parents that way that are Hindus. And that's when he said that deliverance from sin and slavery, that has special meaning when you get in the countries that people are held with Hinduism. So praise God that Jesus gets to shine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much for that. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you've allowed us to have the opportunity to be able to meet with these people, people like Blessing and others across the globe, and to be able to help and support them with prayers and with contributions. We give you all the glory. Thank you for giving us all the fun in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I am following the order of service today, and so if I make a mistake, don't tell me. I'll figure it out sooner or later. Praise God. Okay, time for the message. That's right, isn't it? Let's see, Kelly, are you preaching today or is it me? I forgot. <laughs> I better not say too much. You'll be up here raring to go. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to close the series, How Near Is the End? If you've missed the first three parts, it would be very, very helpful because we're going to spend a few minutes on some things we've talked about with different verses, and then we're going to go on past that today. So uh, 1, 2, and 3 are available on our website, churchoftomorrow.org. Excuse me, churchoftmrw.org. You know, I'll get it right in just a minute. See, I'm confused. Okay, everybody just wipe your brain clear for the last 15 seconds. Church of tmrw.com. It also works, churchoftomorrow.org. That's the reason. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we had to get one to get going, and then we got the uh, church of tmrw.com a little bit later, but that's the one that we, we try to put on our, our cards and information. So if you see churchoftomorrow.org, that's not bad. It'll get you there. And also YouTube, and if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please, 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 please do that. Church of Tomorrow, then my name right after it. It's the easiest way to search for it on YouTube. They'll take you right there. Uh, so praise God. Uh, please just subscribe and like and all that kind of good stuff and kind of helps us get up in the, the uh, ratings, not ratings, but that's the way I'd look at it, higher so that we get more attention. Maybe we can catch some people out there that are looking for a good message. Amen. Okay, part four. I uh, want to look at the words of Jesus again, this time in Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. Matthew 5, 24. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. That's the new birth experience. And you experience Jesus in the new life, the new birth, the new creation, and you've crossed over from death to life. Praise God. Not, that, not in heaven, yeah, but here. Yeah, you have to have a ticket here. And Jesus is the ticket. Praise God. Verse 25, very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Okay? For as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted 
the Son also to have life in himself. So he's talking about those who are dead in Christ. That means they've passed on, okay? Then he goes, uh, verse 27, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Jesus talking about himself. Notice that um, he says he talks about the Son, then he talks about the Son of Man, as we've talked about in previous times. That is a signification that Jesus is God. Verse 28, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves, all who are in their graves, all, everybody, in or out of Christ, okay, will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to life, and those who have, have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Notice this is the first time that the dead are rising, and everybody's raised at the same time. Verse 30, by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Praise God. And then we'll jump over to uh, 1 John 5.11. I want to just cover this because it's, it's kind of a, a confirmation of what the apostle John wrote to what Jesus said and what was written in the book of John. How do you know, how, how many of you know that the book of John and the book of 1 John were written by the same John? Okay. And this is the testimony, 1 John 5.11. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's a great evangelistic sentence, verse 12. I want to read that again. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. That's a good question. Put that in a form of a question to people and say, do you have the Son of God? And if they answer yes and really mean it, they do. And if they don't, they need him. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. The Greek word in life there is always zoe when it talks about eternal life. So what are we doing stressing? What are we doing stressing? Everyone needs Jesus. They just don't know it. That is if they want eternal life. And we're here to live it, and we're here to share it. We're here to be examples, ambassadors, ministers of reconciliation. But it's all about life. You know, many times in the past, I've, I'll talk about, you know, out of Deuteronomy, you can choose life or you can choose death. Choose life. Open book test, remember? Okay, that's what this confirms. That's what this talks about. We can choose our destiny in the future. No matter what we've done, after Dan, you don't know what I've done. No, you just don't know what Jesus has done. Praise God. His blood washes, cleanses, makes new. Praise God. Trust in him, not the church, not your good works. Oh, my gosh. Good words stink. Yeah. It's fine to do good works if they're done out of the heart rather than out of the, look how good I've done these things and how much money I've given and all that kind of good stuff that I've done. I gave $5 to the Salvation Army the other day. Oh, wow. Gee, golly, golly gee whiz. <laughs> also, First um, Thessalonians 4, chapter 4. I want to say these things now going forward about where we are today. Where are we today with Jesus? Where are we today with each other, with our families, with our neighbors, with our people that we go to church with, work with, whatever? The person you see on the street. The person you read about on your news media. 1 Thessalonians 4.4, 4, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instruct you how to live in order to please God. We should live to please God. Yeah. If you live to please God, you're doing the right thing. Now, that may not be pleasing some people. That may not be politically correct. 
that may not be favorable to some people's <clears throat> thoughts. But you're doing the right thing. And the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Praise God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Not less and less. A lot of people get really excited about telling people about Jesus when they first get saved. And then they kind of get a little lethargic and a little sleepy. Now he says do it more and more. He said, if you told somebody about Jesus last week, tell two people this week. <laughs> For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Verse 3, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means set apart and set to. Set apart from the world and set to the church. That you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, about one person out of a thousand, I think, have a recognition of that in this day. I, I, that's not a real... <laughs> a real figure. The data doesn't support that. I'm not sure it's that high. Our world's gone crazy. Sexual immorality is anything out of the marriage bed. And it's also, as Jesus pointed out, out of your heart. Mm -hmm. That means what you watch what you listen to, what you do. It means anything that's not in line with one man, one woman in the bond of marriage. He says, verse 4, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Verse 5, not in passionate lust like the pagans, who do not know God, and that in this manner no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. I have to stop right there. I, 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 you know, my concern is that sometimes we're not quite aware of things as we need to be. And this is a very serious statement that he's given us, that we're supposed to be holy, that means we're supposed to be set apart to Jesus, not about the way you fix your hair or the way you, you, know, you dress, although we know we need to be dressed modestly. Gosh, you can't even look at the news anymore without seeing immodest dressing. That's, isn't that something? My gosh. When I was a kid growing up, you know, a, a really flaunted picture was a girl in a swimsuit. Those days are long past. Oh, my gosh. And, and here's, here's something. The, the teachings that so many kids are getting across our country in the public school systems are pathetic. They're pathetic. They're sexual instruction to young children in elementary school. And I'm not just saying this, and I know I've mentioned it before, but I want us to keep this in prayer for the country I posted a comment on Facebook late yesterday. Newsflash. The country is being destroyed from within. Answer, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and <clears throat> excuse me, pray, seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. The church is responsible to do that prayer, not the world. It's not the non-believers. It's not the people that identify with some kind of a crazy religion or any other identification that's not of God. Just tell it like it is. There's coming a day where we will have to make a decision as individuals, as a family, as a church, and we will make the right decision because we will make that decision based on the Word of God. That's all there is to it. It doesn't make any difference what happens. 
I told somebody the other day, I said, well, when I get thrown in jail, I guess you can come see me. And, you know, what do you do if you get thrown in jail? I'd preach the word. I've done it before. <laughs> Amen. What, what have we got to fear? What, what's man going to do to us? Okay. We, we have a loving, caring, heavenly father that we're going to live with for at least a billion years in terms of our understanding. Yeah, so, so what? What if, what if we have to go through some difficulties? So what? My gosh. Are we real in this? Is this something when somebody says something about some crazy new belief that, that we just say, oh, yeah, and go on down the road? Or do we actually question them in love and integrity and truth? Jesus said he is the truth. If our Lord and Savior is the truth, then what are we supposed to be? Maybe truth barrier, carriers? Maybe. Maybe we need to share truth because that's the only way that we can share Jesus. And it's not, the righteous are bold as a lion, my Bible says. And my Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Okay, so when you walk in the, in the realm of the mindset and the power and demonstration of the Spirit, when you walk in the thoughts of righteousness, you won't sin. So don't say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not, ooh, I'm there. Walk in righteousness. Be righteousness, be righteous as he is righteous. That, that's the answer. It's not trying to crush your flesh. It's trying to take authority over you and let your soul run because he's got a renewed mind and the Holy Spirit is in you and your new created spirit is in you and you carry them everywhere you go and they're going, go boy, go girl, go for it. You can do it. You can walk righteous. You can walk at sanctified. You can say the word. You can share people. You can tell people about Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have the most beautiful opportunity that any generation's ever had to stand up for the amount of people that are alive today. It's been said that the number of people alive today is as much as all of the previous people that have ever walked this face of the earth. They're alive together right now. The numbers is, is just as great right now that are alive today. What, what a mission field. Everywhere you go is a mission field. If you don't believe me, just go to Walmart sometime. There's a mission field there. <laughs> and if you buy everything on Amazon, we'll make sure that you catch your delivery that guy when he comes by. <laughs> Hallelujah. But bad times are, could be coming. But so what? Do not fear. The Lord will take care of us. What about I need to do this? Just use wisdom. Do what God tells you to do. God's going to take care of us. Don't be you know, ignorant of the enemy's devices, but be ready, be prepared, prepare yourself. No scripture verses. Can you quote scripture? Can you, can you go to jail and quote scripture verses without a Bible? This is, yes, this is maybe, this is no. Learn how to talk with folks. Practice now. Know how to discern deceptive spirits because there's a whole bunch of them out there right now. Brad and I talked just a minute there this morning about a letter that we got, an invoice supposedly for our website. And it's phony, you know, and all they want is 200 something dollars to renew our website. And they don't have that. We do, we own it. So, you know, and, and we have people that take care of us and Cammy and Lee and uh, do all kinds of great things for us and it doesn't cost that much and we're not going to buy it from somebody else. And But there's spam out there. There's phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Somebody said, what's that? Is perverted fish? No, it's... <laughs> people are going for it electronically. They're going to try to get in your back pocket. When you have an email sent to you, make sure you click on 
that email sender's address and see what the real address is. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, see Kelly, he's an IT expert. <laughs> Share with the lost and the unlearned your family, they come first. People close to you, people you work with, people in school, they come first. And then the utter parts of the world. And we're doing that through other people. And when Pastor Kelly goes down to Mexico, he actually goes down there to eat tacos, but he also preaches while he's there. <laughs> he came back and I said, let's go to lunch. He said, okay, no tacos. <laughs> but, but that was about a week or so ago. He's probably wanting them now. So, <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans eight thirty-one. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He is with you, for you, in you. Verse 32, he who did not spare, I love this verse, his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Now, some people think that means all kinds of riches and stuff. What it means is what you need. What it means is the things that, are count, that count in life. The spiritual things. Now, finance is part of that because you can't buy ice cream down here at Brahms unless you have some money, okay? So you got to have some ice cream every now and then. But the thing about it is he provides all things for us. Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then can condemn? No one. Jesus Christ died more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us right this second. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, quote from the Old Testament, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors, more conquerors through him who loved us. Praise God. He raised from the dead. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Oh my gosh. Calm, chilling, praise God, be at peace. We are in store for a great victory. The advent or second coming of Christ is when all this stuff will be changed. Oh, yeah, the incorruptible shall take over the corruptible. Ah, the spiritual shall take over the physical, the flesh. All things will be stored in order. The order and recognition of Eden will be made manifest in our lives. Ah, I was reading something this morning about Eden. More people are picking up on that. I, I, they must have been listening to my sermons. Okay, in, anyway. Our aim at tomorrow is to make sure that people know whose they are, they, and that they are prepared for whatever happens, as long as any person's on this earth. People need to be, we need to be prepared, and we need to make sure other people are prepared. And, and that's a privilege. It's not, I got to go out and tell everybody something like that. No, no, you just need to be prepared yourself, and you need to share what's real with you. So is Jesus, Lord of life, real to you, or is he just a fire insurance policy? Remember, I'm preaching on hell January 1st. Yeah. We are a part of the body of Christ. And the Bible says the body shall minister to itself in love. We need to encourage each other. We need to, hey, did you share Jesus with somebody yesterday? 
Did you, did you talk to anybody about the Lord this week? Were you praying for anyone this week in particular to be saved? Let me join with you. You know, that two or three people gather together. Guess what happens? Jesus is there. If you got somebody in your family a little stubborn, it's okay. Get somebody else to pray with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians, and we'll, we'll kind of close here. Ephesians 4.14. And it's really good if you go back and study all these verses in context. I just couldn't take the time this morning. we got some other things we're going to do. Ephesians 4.14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. There's such a thing today called progressive Christianity. And it's not Christianity. What we need to do is to help people see the light. Pray for them. Talk to them. Be there for them. But only Jesus saves. And he saves to the uttermost. And then we're talking about eternity here. We're not talking about what we're going to eat today or next week. We're talking about eternity. Like one man told me many years ago before I was saved, life is so short. Eternity is so long. And it's the good news because when you get born again, everything changes. And when you get your mind renewed, what God says, oh my gosh, it's a great walk. It's a great walk. <clears throat> Everything he says is for our benefit. God's not saying stuff because he needs to hear himself talk. The Holy Spirit will confirm everything in his word to you because he was the one that penned it through flesh. Praise God. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love. In other words, instead of joining in with, oh, well, I'm glad you found something you enjoy. Hmm? Doctrines of demons is what it is. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And when you come to the headship of Christ and I come to the headship of Christ and you come from the headship of Christ, guess what? We are in unity because of the head. His name is Jesus. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What's Kelly talk about all the time? Supply, bring your supply, bring your supply, bring your supply, bring your supply. Home, Home, Home Depot or uh, office supply or anyway. Now he's talking about the gift that you have. He's talking about the knowledge you have, the wisdom you have, the love you have, the anointing you have. Every one of us has some of that. And all of us need what you have to be whole. So when, you know, you ain't loving us right, well, guess what? We're missing some. We ain't loving you right, guess what? We're missing some. And that's not where we need to be. This is a matter of loving Jesus and loving people gets so much easier when you love him first. You know, I want to um, I want to share from word, a words from a hymn that uh, Charles Wesley penned. Everything he penned was in the uh, 18th century. And he was arguably the most prolific hymn writer ever because of depth and because of broadness. In other words, he wrote them thousands and they were also deep. They weren't superficial. They weren't hallelujah, 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 hallelujah for, you know, 15 minutes. They were deep meaning, always agreeing with the word of God. And they were by the numbers. There's one particular hymn that he wrote, and I've got a little 
kicker in here to, to share with you. It's called, Since the Son Hath Made Me Free. Since the Son hath made me free, let me taste my liberty. Thee behold with open face, triumph in thy saving grace. Thy great will delight to prove glory in thy perfect love. Abba, Father, hear my child, late in Jesus reconciled. Here in all the graces shower, all in the joy and peace and power, all my Savior ask above, all the life and heaven of love. Lord, I will not let thee go to the blessing thou bestow. Hear my advocate divine. Lo, to his my suit I joined. Join to his, it cannot fail. Bless me, for I will prevail. Holy Ghost, no more delay. Come and in thy temple stay. Excuse me. Now thine inward witness bear, strong and permanent and clear. Spring of life, thyself impart. Rise eternal in my heart. <coughs> now I saw that in a copy, a photocopy of a Methodist hymnal years ago. I don't know how old it is, but it's plenty old. I have a Methodist hymnal in my home that I was given by the Methodist church that I got out of, I mean, came out of, uh, in 1965. This song is not in there, okay? But that previous hymnal didn't have one of the verses in it either. This, is, this song has five verses in that Methodist hymnal that I saw, which was no telling how many years old, had four verses I want to read you the fourth verse as originally written by Charles Wesley. Heavenly Adam, life divine. Who's heavenly Adam? It's Jesus. Okay, he's the second Adam, the last Adam. Okay, but he's in heaven, right? Okay. Change my nature into thine. Move and spread throughout my soul. Actuate and fill the whole. Be it I no longer now living in the flesh, but thou. That goes with Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that live, but he lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That is, got to read it again. Heavenly Adam, life divine, change my nature into thine. Move and spread throughout my soul, actuate and fill the whole. Be it I no longer now living in the flesh, but thou. That's who came before us, men and women like that who gave everything for Jesus. What do we do? What can we say? I think this is encouraging when we connect the previous generations. And it's also encouraging when we look forward to the next generations. We look to the past and we look to the future. Because all we can really do is reflect on the past and anticipate the future regardless of what happens in these last days. And, you know, I've not got into all the uh, allegorical statements and possibilities and the end times. I'm going to leave that up to you. <laughs> but I've read what the Scripture says, and regardless of how that plays out in the end, regardless of that, we have a job to do, and it starts with us. And when we're moved into the glory that he has it starts getting easier and more important. And we start saying, gosh, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. What can I do? Get out of bed. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a privilege. He's cho chosen us, ordained us. Remember, there's no such thing as clergy and laity. Everybody's clergy. 
in the kingdom. And we have the beautiful opportunity to share what? Jesus Christ? You couldn't buy salvation if you were all the billionaires, you had all the billionaires in this world's wealth. You couldn't buy it. You couldn't buy one ticket to heaven with it. But you can give tickets out all day long. His name is Jesus. See, our perspective has been skewed by our lazy flesh and by the world and all their things that they're saying. The Democrats hate the Republicans. The Republicans hate the Democrats. And right now, the Democrats hate the Democrats. The Republicans hate the Republicans. <laughs> no, no, you know, that's, that's a, the chicken fight, rooster fight. The thing of it is, and praise God for the men and women who are men and women of God who are in, in service politically in particular situations. But the point is, if we stay on the Bible, we stay on the Word of God, as the Holy Spirit shows us, then we're okay. We're cool. We're cool with Him, and we're cool with each other, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing here on earth. That's such a wonderful opportunity. And here again, it's not what, you know, what Byron does or what Tim does or what Cammie does. It's about who are you. Who are you? Whose are you? Okay? It's not how much great faith you have in God. It's how you have faith in a great God. Okay? It's not so much about Christ in me. It's about, excuse me, me in Christ. It's about Christ in me. It's who is Christ in you? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you walk with him? Do you walk with him? Do you talk with him? Do you know him? Do you say howdy every morning? Do you say goodnight every night? Because God is here to set the captives free, and all of us have some freedom that we need, every one of us. The things of the past, the things of the future. Why worry when you can be calm, when you can roll your cares over on God? Because he cares for you, and he's much more able to do something for you than you are. Now, I'm not talking about being flaky. I'm just talking about your realization. Because, you know, a lot of times, instead of somebody just coming up to you and giving you a million-dollar check, they're going to give you a job. Or they're going to give you an opportunity. And you got to go to work. Oh, glory. That'll give you some more people to talk to you when you get to work, see? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We are a part of the larger body of Christ. God has assimilated us together for a great and last day's war spiritually. And you know something? This whole thing can be turned around. Don't think it can't. The world has had bad times before. The Dark Ages was part of that. The medieval times, the, the things that, uh, that's the reason when, that he gave a reformation, was to get everybody out of the dark, turn on the lights, okay? That's the reason all things have happened. So, you know, it may be in a thousand years before Jesus comes back. We say, well, looking at things, you're looking at things right now. You're supposed to live by faith, not sight. What'd you say? Oh, you want to live by faith, not by sight. I got me a little hang-up-on-the-wall deal yesterday at Mardell's. Live by faith, not sight. We live by what the sky and size sees. Hope is futuristic. Hope is in the future. Faith now is the substance of things hoped for, and that's when it becomes manifested, okay? Hope is futuristic. And Hebrews says, hope is the anchor of your soul. Your mind, will, and emotion is because what can I connect to in the future? Every one of us have had situations where it's like, ah, I just need to quit. I just give up. The blank with it. You know, maybe you've been like me. You've had somebody that you dearly love pass and you go, wow, I want to do anything. And the Lord says, why don't you get healed and then you can do something. 
You know, I, I talked to a, a couple this last week, and I said, you want to stay married, you want to stay together. And, but don't stay together just because you stay together. Stay together because you've got a rich opportunity ahead of you. Because if you just stay together for the kids' sake, besides making the wrong example and the wrong picture for your children, you're also, when the kids leave the house, then y'all going to start fighting again, and there it goes. You have nothing together. So what you want to do is let Jesus build your family just like he's built your own life. And when that happens, then you've got a rich flow of the Holy Spirit bringing forth honey out of the rock. We've got a special reading that we're going to do right now, and I'd like for you to pay attention to that, if you would, please. Thank you, Father. Father, I speak your blessing, Father, over this body in Jesus' name. Father, I speak your personal blessing, the blessing of the Lord. Father, all the character that is in you. I speak, Father, that be released over your body. The Father, as we go about this season, that we sense and know intimately the fullness of our God, the fullness of our King. May it infiltrate us, saturate us, permeate us, surround us, and motivate us. May it catapult us, Father, into more of what you have for us. We thank you. We bless you, Father. As we leave, Father, this place, we carry, we are carriers of this presence, carriers of this truth. And we thank you for the results that it will bring to others as we touch other lives through this season. In the mighty name of Jesus, invigorate us, strengthen us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cause us, Lord, to move forth in all of the purpose and the plan that you have, Father. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you're in agreement with that, say amen. 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 You are dismissed. Have a magnificent week in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah.